Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. You know, I've been talking about earned media value for quite some time on this podcast. My friends at Eisenberg have just raised the bar on earned media benchmarks with their social index. Social index now gives you globally earned media values across a growing list of six geographies for all your KPIs across the top seven social platforms, Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, Snapchat, TikTok, Twitter, and YouTube. You can now visualize these values for deeper analysis, and they have a look-back window over two years of historical comparisons. Social Index is updated daily. Don't get stuck with old data. Over 1,000 companies have used the Social Index to understand the ROI of their social campaigns. And if you work with a social agency, you should demand they incorporate earned media values into your reports. Get your earned media value for social content. Visit earnedmediavalues.com slash Alan. Again, that's earnedmediavalues.com slash A-L-A-N. For all of us, it's about predicting where the consumer is going and getting half of it right. One of the things we want to do is create ads that don't suck. Embracing change creates great possibility. I'm Alan Hart, and this is Marketing Today. Today on the show, I've got Allegra O'Hare, Vice President of Global Brand Communications for Adidas, or Adidas, if you're in Germany. Today we talk about her campaign, Original is Never Finished, which uses the remix of a song, My Way, and won a Grand Prix at Cannes this past year. Allegra was recently named 2017 Brand Genius Award from Adweek. So we talk a little bit about those accomplishments, as well as Adidas surpassing the Jordan brand as the number two sneaker brand, which happened in September of this year. Lastly, we talk about what tips she offers to marketers and this notion of courage and how courage needs to drive the marketing process inside of an organization. I hope you enjoy the show. Well, Allegra, welcome to the show. Well, thank you for having me. Hopefully it's a fun conversation. <laughs> yeah. I always love, I do tons of interviews and I love to get to know the person that I'm talking to because mm-hmm. I think it's good context for you know what all the business stuff that we'll talk about eventually. But, you know, I love this question. If there's an experience in your past that defines or, or has made up who you have become. Well, oh God, that's a, that's a great question because I mean, I'm so young, so I have very few experiences <laughs> to think about. No, joking aside, I think the one most is probably my family. I mean, the half, 
the international background, the fact that I'm half Italian, half American, grew up in the United States, but always traveled to Europe a lot, you know, and also looking at my parents' background, you know, my mom was an artist, so very creative and forward thinking. My dad was a businessman, very practical and numbers and fact-based. And I think I kind of absorbed the two identities into one. So I think that's probably the thing that defined me the most. It must have been interesting. I mean, who do you feel like one influenced you more than the other? I guess it depends on my age moment in time. I think (laughs) when probably growing up a little bit more creative and then when I was in university and really had to get into, okay, what am I going to do now and be more practical and pragmatic about, you know, my future you know, having to quote unquote start off in the world, probably my dad. So it probably depended on my life cycle as a person. Right. right. Well, and I read somewhere, and I don't know if this is true, but that you are actually an O'Hare of the O'Hare airport. Is that correct? It's true. It's true. (laughs) (laughs) I've never met somebody that has something named after them. Or at least interviewed somebody like that. It's funny, in my current position, I also travel more or less 70% of my time. So you can imagine me in airports, you know, looking at those screens, and rarely is there a name or a last name attached to it. So <laughs> every once in a while, I see Chicago O'Hare, and I'm thinking, hey, well, I know who that is. <laughs> so <laughs> it's kind of fun. Right, right. Well, so what fuels you? What drives you personally to do what you do? To be honest, I'd probably say ideas. I'm constantly creative, looking for new ideas, talking to people. It's it's the one thing that drives me the most. I think looking specifically at what I do for a job, you know, and it is quote unquote advertising and communication. I'm also looking to leave a legacy. I see my colleagues that do products, for example, and the coolest sneakers you know, and Adidas or Adidas, as they would say in Germany. And they're able to craft all these beautiful products and leave a legacy behind them. And sometimes I think, you know, why can't we do that also in communication and leave that legacy that maybe one day the new Allegra, whatever, 20, 30 years from now, I'll be looking at my work thinking, hey, that was pretty cool. Let's reinvent it and let's be inspired and let's do something that's kind of like a spin-off off of it. So that's really something that drives me in my day-to-day work. That's great. Well, tell us a little bit about your role. And I'm glad you said the company name because I was worried. <laughs> I was either going to go with the American Adidas or go with Adidas and not say it properly. So tell us about your role there and what you're doing. Yeah. So I head up the brand marketing for the Adidas Originals and Style Division out of Herzogenaurach, Germany. And Herzogenaurach is this place in Northern Bavaria, quite small, but with a lot of tradition and history in sports. And the beauty of it is that I work with a group of more or less 50 people on this amazing campus, really in the middle of the woods and it's idyllic. It's, you know, it's got little ponds and swans and, (laughs) and it's definitely not in the hustle and bustle. I think of everyday business realities that affect our industry which is in a constant change. And so, so I work with these, yeah, these great talents, these individuals, 50 of them more or less. And we're responsible of creating the content, the communication, but also landing it. So we're responsible also of the consumer touch points and the media channel management. So that goes across PR, social media, retail, and digital. So 
we're really responsible 360 for everything that you see and that you experience that comes from Adidas Originals, or as we love to call it, the blue trefoil. Okay, good. Well, Adidas has been on a tear, and you recently passed Jordan to be the number two sneaker brand in the U.S., Mm -hmm. so congrats to the whole company on that. Thank you. And then you've further, your team, you know, won the Entertainment for Music Grand Prix Mm -hmm. at Con for My Way. And now I have to say congrats again because you're your 2017 Brand Genius Award from Adweek. Thank so, you. <laughs> and Thank that's you very quite, much. It's quite a <laughs> list quite a of accomplishments. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So what does it all mean to you? And especially <laughs> at this notion of being a brand genius. Yeah. Well, it's been quite a year this year. I think as a professional, and I can probably speak to a lot of people, you really don't want to get your heart set on these kind of things, you know, because they seem so unattainable that you think whether it's the Con Grand Prix or whether it's Brand Genius or any other kind of award, you kind of just think about it for a split second and then think, okay, I got to get on with what I have to do because it seems just very, it's so unachievable. And I think that the beauty of it is that when it does come and the recognition does come, it's really thanks to a group of people that work think relentlessly and ruthlessly and with like great passion behind the brand and especially that aren't afraid of taking risks and that have the courage to challenge the status quo and really not get stuck in the typical business or corporate paradigm of doing the same thing over and over and over again. I think, you know, there's no magic formula. It's again, a mix of things. I believe it starts with people, the best people that can work for the brand, obviously great product. I have to give it to my product and design colleagues back in Germany to have created some new and outstanding apparel and sneakers for the brand and innovation as well. Like if you look at Boost or other technologies that we're bringing out from a company point of view, I think that just the whole mix is really, you know, together with a new style of communication really, I think is the formula of moving ahead and carving your way in an industry that's very, very competitive and very fast moving. Right. You know, this notion of courage and taking risk, I think, is an interesting one. I was talking to a friend of mine who also does a podcast that you should should reach out to at some point, Drew Neiser. And we were just with a bunch of CMOs or chief marketing officers at a big summit. And we noticed we were both commenting on courage and that the people that were really taking that next step or that next leap or pushing their companies and their markets just had a oozed this notion of courage, you know, and practical risk taking. So it may be a little bit of an aside, but I was wondering, like, how do you foster a culture like that? Hmm. Well, as senior leadership, you have to embody it and show it. You know, we're all human beings. I think you smell it. <laughs> I think, <laughs> you, you know, you can pretend to be courageous, but, you know, people are like, yeah, there's not, no, 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 that's not true. It's, right. you know, a facade. <laughs> So I think you have to really transmit it and be authentic and genuine about it and be uh, championing it and celebrating it when it is successful. I mean, courage also brings around failure, right? Right. But that's the beauty of it. You know, you learn from it. We're all smart people. You learn from it and you move on and you just don't repeat it, obviously. But I think that that's the notion of courage. I I have this way of saying it's, you know, you've got to not be afraid of being fired. I mean, if you've got a great idea and you believe in it, but at the same time you want to hang on to your seat, it's not going to work. I mean, either you believe in your idea and you're going to go for it, 
or you're complacent and you keep on doing things the same way. So I also think it's the sense of putting yourself out first. And I believe people have that sensibility and that observation of how you truly act to say, yeah, that person really believes it and is putting their, you know, as they say, their head out on a limb for something they believe in. So it's something you have to embody. And and then obviously it's not taking risks for risk's sake. I mean, it's got to be part of a strategy. It's got to be close to the values of the brand. It's got to have business sense, you know, or else it's, (laughs) or else you're going rogue, which is exactly what you don't want to do. But I think that's the important part. Does it stick with a strategy? And is that a courageous step ahead? Yeah, go for it. That's awesome. Well, so this, you know, the Brand Genius Award, I've interviewed a number of folks that have achieved that award in the past. And, you know, it honors for vision and creativity, specifically for you driving Adidas Originals brand. So tell us, you know, the listeners and myself a little bit more about how you're driving that at Adidas. The creativity, did you say? Yeah, the just the vision and the creativity behind the brand that we all see. Yeah. The great thing about Adidas, I'm not, I'm not sure if to say Adidas or Adidas. <laughs> <laughs> you live in both worlds, right? Yeah. Exactly. I think it's, you've got to stick true to the values of the brand in everything that you do. And for us in Originals, it is about challenging the status quo. It's about pushing the limits. It is about breaking down the boundaries of creativity and really enabling creativity to have its voice. And I think that the notion of creativity and really embodying it 100% is something that we strive for and it's part of our values. So creativity for sure, collaboration, we champion also a lot of collaboration. Some of our most successful business collaborations are because we collaborate. And even our collaborators have said, hey, you're not the usual corporate company that comes in and says, hey, this is the way we're going to do it. And you have to follow us. It's an exchange of information. It's really building off of ideas. You know, we don't know everything. And that's the beauty of it. You know, you need to have conversations and open mind thinking when you're working on projects and really listen and build off of that. And so I think also the style of collaboration within creativity is one of the, I think, winning formulas, especially for the industry that we work in. Right. So the original is never finished campaign, which highlights the song My Way. It's in its third year. Was that always the plan to have it run that long? Yeah. Well, when I started and it's a hundred percent true story. It's funny because when I started as, and I think a lot of people can relate as CMOs or marketing heads, you know, you start in a, whether it's the same company or a different company, you start in a new position and you think, all right, eh, you scrap everything, right? You think everything right. we've done before is not working and we got to start from scratch and we'll see how it works, but I'm here now and we're going to change the world and I know what we should be doing. And so I had this lightning bolt thought <laughs> when I was in a focus group just a month into the job and I asked, and it's actually the interview for Adweek. And I asked one of these very leading edgy, we call them streetwear hounds. So it's this very top tier consumer pioneering individuals from sportswear and from, you know, the sneaker culture and asked them through the usual glass, double glassed windows. So they didn't know who was asking and all this stuff. And I'm like, can you ask this guy what really pisses him off about brands? And the guy said, well, it's when brands get stuck in their own paradigm. And I don't know, it was like a lightning bolt that just hit me. And I was thinking, I'm stuck in my own paradigm because I'm the new marketing person. I'm scrapping already everything before it even 
hit consumer. They hadn't even seen it yet, you know, and, or were about to see it. And, and I thought, hold on, let's go back to the drawing board. And for me, that was really important moment for understanding, you know, how can we be that forward thinking brand and how can we really engage with the consumer? And that was just one little anecdote just to mm-hmm. make you understand how it's so important to keep on challenging yourself and your way of thinking to really be that forward thinking brand. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board certified physicians who can prescribe FDA approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Interesting. So the campaign, I mean, for those that haven't seen it, we'll probably link to one of the spots, uh, the video spots anyway, but it taps music in unheard ways, right? Remixing an old classic. You've got striking imagery, pop culture icons. It's edgy on many levels. And at the end, I'm never exactly sure what I just saw. So I go back (laughs) and watch it again. (laughs) It's a very different way to promote shoes and apparel. And I'm just curious what the set, the internal sale was like to get that approved. Ah, that's a good question. (laughs) It was not easy. (laughs) I can imagine. I had a great support from my boss, though, because he understood what we had to do. We were very product at the time and talking three years ago, very product centric. And don't get me wrong, products, the DNA of our brand, you know, but from a campaigning structure point of view, it was like product campaign after product campaign. And we really didn't have an, you know, an umbrella over it or something that really connected all of the dots. And so for me, that was the most important part is like we needed to have a brand umbrella, a brand film. Let's just put it this way because it's the easiest way to understand, but right. you know, a brand film or campaign that really brought it all together. And, you know, when I mentioned the aha moment of the paradigm shift, we had already in progress a great potential brand film that, you know, I was ready to scrap and start all over. And then I, I looked at it again and I thought, no, this is right. I mean, we just have to tweak it, but the, the, the direction is the right direction. And so we decided to create this three-year plan around a brand film so as to make sure that if, and that's normal with life cycle management for product, if product goes up and down, trends change, you still have a very strong brand positioning statement that people can go back to and be like, okay, I understand the brand. I might not be buying, you know, ZX Fluxes, but... Now I'm buying NMDs, but I still get what the brand is about. And that was the thought process behind the brand campaign when we rolled it out. And it was a three-year plan. Right now we're at the end of it. And so we're figuring out also what the next three years are going to entail. That's exciting. 
Was music always a part of that campaign? I mean, did you go back and forth on that? I mean, it's just such a strong element of the film itself. I just was curious. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm going to let you in on a little secret. So <laughs> the music comes before any of the actual creative development of the campaign. And I ah. think that's what gives the power is that we really think through the music and then think through what the visual elements are, which is flipping everything on the side. Because if you know, when you work in any kind of communication, you think, oh, the campaign development, the film, the creative development, and then what music are we going to put on it? And then which artists are we going to work with? And then what kind of edit are we going to do? But we actually flipped it. And we always start from that to then build in the film reference. And so I think that's why we get a lot of praise on how the edits with the music are very sharp. Mm -hmm. And being so sharp, they really build off of each other so well that they make it even more impactful. Wow, that is a secret. I like that. Thank you. Thank you. I'm sure everyone listening is going to appreciate that as well. So if you're th talking to other marketers like yourself, in your mind, how do they get more from their brand building efforts? You've got a lot of things fighting against you in today's world, right? You've got mm -hmm. fragmentation of media. How do mm -hmm. I reach people? You've got the internal gestation, if you will, of trying to get an idea birthed out of an organization. Sometimes that can be difficult if you don't have the right support. There's a lot of things, I guess, a lot of headwinds fighting against you to get things out. So I'm just wondering if you have any tips or suggestions of truths or what have you that you kind of think about as you're developing the next plan. Yeah, I think it's, it boils down to two words, which mm. is do less. <laughs> I think what we're doing is we're scrambling and we're trying to create content for all of the you know, different channels and the different campaigns and the different products. And we really get carried away, mm -hmm. but it's meaning less to the consumer because we're really diluting all of our efforts. So the one thing that we're trying to put in practice and trying to really leverage on to create impact is doing less and focusing a lot more on the big ticket items, which takes obviously a lot of discipline, organization and process management. But at the end of the day, I think that's the winning ticket versus all of the things, quote unquote, and you even said it yourself that we should be doing. But if we really want to mean more, we should be doing less. And that's something that I try to keep at the forefront of everything that we do with my team and with the agencies as well. And to have that discipline. Yeah, I think that's brilliant. What is it the fact of less enables you to focus your message or is it just clarity of knowing what exactly you are going to do? I think it's both. It's okay. both because you have to have the clarity and then in that clarity, just really streamlining your efforts and getting everybody behind the big ticket items and not, you know, wasting time, effort, money, agency resources to do the little things, which at the end of the day have no impact at all. So it's really like about cutting the long tail and trying to focus. And it's a day-to-day -day activity, you know, because we always go back to the old ways of doing things right. because of the business pressure and market pressure and channel pressure, you know, you, whether it's also digital right now, you know, you were requested for so much more content, but at the end of the day, if you need a category landing page, what kind of category landing page do you need? Do you need a category landing page in this specific campaign? Or is it better just a product landing page that's got more storytelling around it? So these kind of conversations are to be had up front before we go into production. Because once we're in production, it's just the, the sheer quantity. It's too late. So right. we have to have these conversations up front. And when 
joint plan to make sure that we're really streamlining all of our efforts. I love that. Well, so you've learned a lot, I'm sure, in your career. What lessons have you learned that you think others can benefit from? Oh, God, that's a great question. <laughs> what, less, what lessons have I learned? Well, I think one is about competition. I think mm -hmm. we're all in we're all in highly competitive industries. You know, I'm talking about sports industry, but I mean, I can name a lot of them, you know, car industry, et cetera. I think we fall into the trap of benchmarking our competition, which is a big mistake. I think you need to watch your competition, of course, but you should be benchmarking other brands, other industries, other best case scenarios, other activations that you can really build off of and then think how could that affect my brand or my industry in that way. So I think that one of the key learnings, and it's a huge mindset shift, is to, yeah, we know who the competition is, we watch them, but who is our real benchmark and what do we want to stand for as a brand and how do we want to do it, quote unquote, our way, which is very important, I think. That's one of my biggest key learnings, I think, over the years. I think a second one would probably be people and talents and hiring. I've fallen into the trap many times of because of the growth of the business or lack of resources of hiring too quickly. The best talents I've hired were the ones that took the longest time to hire, but not because they were dragging out the hiring process, but because I wasn't 100% convinced of other people that I was interviewing, which were great people, don't get me wrong, but that was just that like gut feeling like there's just this one thing missing and it's just not there. So in my experiences, success is made by the people. So take your time to really get the best people on board and create that diversity in your team, which I believe is fundamental for the best and highest performing teams. You know, don't get one size fits all, but really try to create like a rainbow. <laughs> Let's put it this way. Sounds really right. cliche, but <laughs> the only thing that came to mind right now, a rainbow, you know, that really can represent your brand and that can have different points of views on things and challenge each other. And so people and hiring talents, I think, is also the mm -hmm. thing that I learned, you know, to take time, think it through and make sure you get the best people on board. It's good advice. Good advice. So if we step back from Adidas or Adidas, what brands or companies or even causes do you think others should be taking notice of? Marketers tend to be students of other things. And so I'm just curious, what do you look at? I'm a big fan of diversity, sustainability, being ethical. I think, you know, any brand company that really embraces this truly, but not just, you know, a facade, which is something that's common in the corporate world, but that really, you know, believes in diversity in the workplace, that really believes in sustainability, like, for example, with Parlay, which, you know, we're doing in the company. So using recycled plastic from the oceans and, you know, creating the threads that then go into sneakers and truly ethical companies. I think that's, for me, something that is really inspiring because it goes beyond making money and being part of the corporate world, but really thinking more broadly. And then you're an inspiration for other brands as well. So it can be a small company, it can be a huge company, but I think these are the brands that for me are the ones that are truly inspirational and that I, I look at. Yeah, just to throw one out, I was just talking to the founder of this company called Cotopaxi. I don't know if you've ever run across them. They're a small brand, outdoor equipment brand. But I was just blown away by their mission, if you will, is to tackle extreme poverty all around the world and to try to pull the last billion people out of extreme poverty through 
basically selling outdoor gear, which sounds crazy in the outset, mm-hmm. but they really live it from how they source to the how they use the profits of the company to who they hire. They hire refugees and help train them. Yep. It was amazing to see a company like that because you in the outdoor space, there's lots of companies to look at like Patagonia and others, but I felt like Cotopaxi was interesting. I hadn't seen somebody really go all the way through their business function that way. Yeah. Just to your point about that company, but even I'm thinking about the fashion industry and, you know, Mm. something that I just read the other day about how Gucci is going to stop using fur. And I think that's just one of the, (laughs) I grew up and I lived in Milan, I'm very close to the fashion industry. I mean, to make that statement in Italy for an Italian brand, which is a global brand, obviously, with the sheer momentum that they have, I think takes extreme courage and is really enlightening and refreshing, I think, in that industry. So you always have to have the first one that takes the big step. And I'm sure all the others are going to start following now, <laughs> which is the usual. <laughs> yes, exactly. Exactly. Because they're not taking your advice in terms of benchmarking the competition. <laughs> so, exactly. It's rare that I get a brand genius on my show. So, you know, I want to ask you, what do you think the future of marketing is going to look like? Yeah, that's a really good question. And I thought about it a lot because there's no, I, to be honest, I don't think there's one catchphrase that's like, oh, the future marketing is going to be this and, you know, we're all going to get behind it. I think it's watching everything very carefully. Things move so fast nowadays. And I think that the future is to be able to move quickly and that companies and corporations should have that speed and flexibility built in them as an infrastructure. So that that can mean a lot of things that can mean, you know, working remotely from wherever in the world to the speed of decision making to speed of replenishment to being close to market. I think that nowadays it's a lot about that. And of course, technology plays a huge role in everything that that we're doing. You know, we're talking about personalizing sneakers in 24 hours. We're talking about really delivery systems that will get your product to you really fast. So the traditional brick and mortar, you know, what is that going to look like, which was one of the backbones of our industry? And what will it look like in two to three years? So I think, as I said, being on the lookout and being constant alert to everything that's changing in our industry across all marketing levels, I think that that's the the most important thing, you know, to not be complacent. If you have anybody complacent in your company or team, I think you're not, you're not set up in a good place because what got us here is definitely not going to get us there tomorrow. So you need to have fast thinkers and movers, I think, in the company. And to be honest, I think it always goes back to people, getting the right people on board who have that sense and have that speed to really shift and to move quickly. Love it. Great advice. But thank you so much for coming on the show today. Yeah. Thank you for having me. I could have talked for another hour, to be honest. (laughs) (laughs) Marketing Today is brought to you by Atomic. Atomic focuses on unleashing the growth potential for clients we serve. Atomic is a strategic consultancy specializing in business, marketing, brand, and innovation. Our singular goal is to help you accelerate your efforts with the right mix of expertise, analysis, and creativity. Check us out at atomic.com. A-T-O-M-C-K dot com. Hi, it's Alan again. Marketing Today was created and produced by me with project management by Sarah Williams, audio production by Aaron Campbell, 
Writing and editing by Kevin Greeley. Social media support by Megan Woods. Art and graphic design by Sarah Dell. If you're new to marketing today, please feel free to write us a review on iTunes or your favorite listening platform. Don't forget to subscribe and tell your friends and colleagues about the show. We love to hear from listeners at info at atomic, A-T-O-M-C-K dot com. I'm Alan Hart, and this is Marketing Today. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.